Good morning, Overflow. It is good to be with you again on this beautiful, although it's cold, <laughs> Sunday morning. I want to send a shout out to my uh, friend and brother, Pastor Elijah, who's not here. Uh, but I just want to say, Pastor Elijah, in the few months that you've been here, you've done a wonderful job of not only casting the vision for Overflow, but your leadership has been phenomenal. So I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Elijah. Give it up for him. And thank you, Pastor Elijah, for this wonderful, wonderful series. What a great series uh, to start uh, for the new year as we are uh, doing our New Year's resolution. Some of us have probably given up already on our New Year's resolution. I know, I know, especially when it comes to working out, exercising, going to the gym, right? We've already, you know, given up. Uh, so some of you lying to yourself right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. And then you're going to give up in February again. All right. So we are in this series, Dreaming with God. And, and, and today uh, we're going to look at a different aspect of this particular series. And, and this is an aspect that many folks in the church never, ever want to address because this is the emotional side uh, of who we are as humans. You know, some of us have this idea where I'm just going to lift up holy hands and I'm going to pray it out and I'm going to give it all to Jesus, right? But, but the reality is we never, ever do that. And, and so until we come to a point of coming to grips with the emotions that we are feeling about something, we can never, ever receive true healing and we can never, ever experience wholeness and fullness in God. And, and so today, we're going to look at, and it's going to be a panoramic view, and I've got to cover all of Genesis, you know, chapter 42, 43, and 44. It's, it's too many verses in those particular chapters to really cover and to do justice to them. Uh, but I want to highlight, in particular, Genesis chapter 42. And my wife just read a few verses that I think will help us in today's message that is rooted in the title of the trauma of betrayal. How many of us have been betrayed before? Amen. All right. All right. Some honest folks here, right? The trauma of betrayal. Now, of course, if you have been here or you've been listening online, and thank you for our online viewers, if you've been a participant in this worship service over the past month or so, you have heard us talk about Joseph. You've heard us discuss uh, Joseph's rise, you know, from, from being a slave uh, to being in jail to now becoming the prime minister, the governor of Egypt. But en route, he was betrayed. And he was betrayed by those individuals that he didn't think he would be betrayed by. He was betrayed by his closest family members, by his brothers. And so we don't really get a chance to hear and see and experienced the pain that Joseph had during his experience. 
but we know they were there. And so in Genesis chapter 42, it starts to talk about now Joseph is the second most powerful person in the land. Pharaoh has given him authority and oversight over his entire kingdom. It was Joseph who, who was able to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh and, and mention to Pharaoh that there was going to be seven years of plenty. I mean, seven, yes, yes, seven years of plenty, and then there was going to be seven years of famine. And it was Pharaoh who said to Joseph, as he was talking to all of Egypt, I, I can't find any other person to lead us during this particular four-year period than this man right here who the Spirit of God resides upon. This man will be my ambassador. He will be my prime minister. So now Joseph is the second most powerful person. He just oversaw seven years of plenty where there was an overabundance of grain that, that he was stewarding over to save some for the seven years of famine. He had done such a masterful job until there were storehouses and storehouses and storehouses of grain that was stored. Now, there's a seven years of plenty. Now, all the world is experiencing this. And everybody is hearing about the abundance of grain that was stored in Egypt. So one day, Jacob sends his sons to Egypt to buy grain. While they were there in line, this long, huge line, Joseph, who would normally, as he would do, just overseeing the affairs of the grain uh, distribution, would occasionally walk by just to make sure things are going well. If there are any questions that his leaders would have, that he would answer those questions. And, and he was one day walking to and fro, just monitoring the activity. He spotted his brothers. And, and, and honestly, and this is why the easy to read version is helpful for us today, we see that there are three R's that Joseph experienced in Genesis 42. The first was that he recognized his brothers. Now, his brothers didn't recognize him back, but he recognized, he identified his brothers. Now, we don't know, we can only imagine that right now at this point, that Joseph was probably something, experiencing some type of pain and hurt. It, it brought back memories of what had happened in the past. We don't know for sure what happened and what transpired in his mind, but we can only imagine you know, not seeing them for so long, probably thinking about his father, thinking about his brother Benjamin that, that, from time to time, but, but the pain and the hurt of it had gone away because he had become the second most powerful person in the land, and seven years had elapsed, at least seven years. 
And now for the first time, he encounters those who betrayed him. And then there's a second R that we see. When he sees them, he recognizes them, he identifies them. The easy to read version says that he was rude to them. Obviously, there were levels of emotions that he was experiencing. Obviously, there was still some pain and some hurt and some anguish that was there. Obviously, the, the, the sleepless nights of asking God, why God, why did I have to experience all of this pain and agony and frustration? Why, God, would you take me from, from being the, 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 the promised son of Jacob, you know, now to being in jail or, or to being a slave and then to being in jail? Why, God, why, God, have you abandoned me? Why have you left me? Now, I know for some of us sanctified people, we would never think like that, right? <laughs> Joseph, you need to get your act together. What's wrong with you experiencing these pains, right? But, but it's okay for us to be able to experience hurt and pain and loss and frustration. And for those of you who need some sound biblical rationale and reasoning behind it, just think of the story of Jesus. Just think of the Gospels when the Gospels talk about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and he was sweating what, what seemed like to be blood and he was saying, Lord, Father, let this cup pass from me. He was experiencing the pain and the hurt and the anguish that he was about to endure as he was going to the cross. And then while he was on the cross hanging there, feeling like his father had left him, he said, Lord, why have thou forsaken me? Loneliness. He was feeling a loneliness. He was feeling abandoned. So there are going to be times, there are going to be situations when you are going to experience hurt and pain and frustration. But the biggest thing is how do you emerge out of it? How do you cope with it? How do you deal with it? How do you come to a place of healing? And then after Joseph was rude, to his brothers. We see the third R. He remembered. He remembered the dreams that he had about his brothers. Now, it doesn't identify the dreams, but we can think back to the story of Joseph, in particular the two dreams in which his brothers and his his, his mother and his father, they were all circling him, whether it was the stalk of grain or whether it was the sun, moon, and the stars, whatever that was, they were circling around him, worshiping him, in essence saying that he was a, in a position of leadership, in a position of authority. 
he thought back that now at this very moment, I have the power. I have the authority. And now, now we don't see a fourth R, but I, I just I want us to think a little bit about what this fourth R could be. Right? If Joseph was one of us, what would the next thing be that he would do? The fourth R. Come on, somebody. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You just did it yesterday. Revenge. Revenge. Who do you think you is? Yeah, I know I said you is, not you are. <laughs> For all of the grammar police out there, no, no, no. Who do you think you is? <laughs> do you know who you are messing with? At any moment, if Joseph was one of us, he would have had their heads swapped off. <laughs> because after all that he had endured, the pain and the agony could have left him so scarred, so bitter, until he said, now you will die. But if that was the end result, guess what? We would not be talking about the story of Joseph today. <laughs> and so somehow or another, from the point of recognizing to rudeness, to remembering the dream, and then three chapters later, we see another R, reconciliation. God had somehow or another dealt with Joseph. In his heart. And, and so for the few remaining moments that I have, I want to just spend a few time, a few uh, 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 minutes and moments talking to you uh, about three strategies to cope with pain, hurt, and frustration. Three strategies that hopefully today that you will be able to use in your life as you deal with the trauma of betrayal, as you deal with hurt and pain that emerge from them, help you to receive wholeness and fullness in God. The first is self-awareness. And this is hard for many of us. Because until we are aware that there is an issue, a problem, or that we were hurt, we will never, ever experience the healing that God has in store for us. Just thinking to you, you know what, I'm just going to pray it out and pretend like it ain't there. I ain't going to give foothold to the devil. That ain't going to help bring you to a place of healing. Just say, no, no, I'm all good. No, I, I, I'm as straight as an arrow. Knowing that you are lying. 
Because as soon as you leave their face, you then go to somebody else and say, and I can't believe he did this to me. Oh, you're not okay. And pretending that you are okay when you're not is not going to bring healing and is not going to make it go away. It's still going to be there. And that's the reason why some of us experience hurt and pain and betrayal when we were kids and that carried over until we were adults. And now your spouse, your husband and your wife is experiencing the pain and the frustration and the agony because of something that happened 40 years ago. I'm sorry, Pastor Elijah, I know I'm stepping on toes today. Please forgive me. <laughs> Some of you are going to have to go to the foot doctor tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully you caught that joke. <laughs> and it's because we have not come to a place of recognizing that we were hurt. Joseph was hurt. By what his brothers did. And yes, you could say he was immature and always running back to tell Jacob, you know, this is what they did and this is what they didn't do. Right? So you can use it and say, well, that's the reason why they, they, they came hard at him. And that's the reason why. But that still doesn't justify them betraying their brother to that particular point. And Joseph having to endure the pain and the frustration that he had to endure... That would be hard for many of us to experience. And I think that's the reason why we have so many churches that are so broken. Because what happens is, and I know I'm going to be stepping on toes again, so please forgive me. What, what happens is we have people who are still experiencing hurt and pain from the last church that they attended. And they carry that same hurt and pain with them to the next church. And then when they feel like nobody is listening to them, and then they go to the next church. And so we have professional church hoppers who all they do is jump from one church to another church because it's rooted in church hurt and rooted in church pain. And then we have folks who say, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and start my own church and no other church can get it right. And the next thing you know, we got chaos and confusion in the church that they just started because it's rooted out of hurt and pain that has not been delivered and not been healed. Mm. I know some of you are thinking now, see, he didn't go on from preaching. And now he meddling in our business to get back to preaching. So I'm, I'm going to go back to preaching right now. Second, second is giving and seeking the Lord's help to deal with our pain and our frustration. See, what happens with many of us when we feel hurt and pain, what do we do? We get on our cell phones. Oh, girl, oh, you got some time. You, you got a few minutes. <laughs> right, it takes us 30 minutes to stop crying. <laughs> right, we go straight to our friends, we go straight to, to, to somebody, but we don't go to Jesus about it. 
right? And, and sometimes Jesus will lead us to folks who can help guide us and shepherd us and nurture us. But, but what we do most of the time is we go to everybody else before we go to him and we never experience a healing because what they're telling us is, yeah, see, I don't know what his problem was. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he is a scum. You want me to go there with you, girlfriend? I got your back. Right, we, we, we go to everybody and we never, ever seek counsel from God. Amen. And so because of that, we never experience healing the way that God wants to heal us. See, I, I don't know, and Genesis didn't go into detail about how Joseph came around, but here's what we know in Genesis chapter 45, that, that Joseph said to his brothers as he told them who he was, he said, what you intended to do, I know was for evil, but God had other plans. He turned it into good. See, sometime between Genesis chapter 42 and Genesis chapter 45, God had dealt with Joseph's heart. He had dealt with his emotions. He helped him to see that, no, no, I don't want you to be mad anymore with your brothers. I want you to come to a place of knowing that you are here today because I called you and appointed you to lead this earth at this particular time. And it's because you were obedient to my call. It's because you endured what you do endured that you are here now as a testimony to my glory. That's because Joseph was a man of God who sought God. Last, last thing that we should pursue, the last strategy as we come to a place of healing and Wholeness is reconciliation. And this is what is truly hard. When someone has offended you, when someone has caused pain and grief, and hurt and trauma, it is hard to come to a place of reconciliation, to a place where you reconcile with this person to the extent that now that you have forgiven this person and now your relationship is being made whole. That is so hard. And what we typically do, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we, we say things like, you know, well, I'll, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget. Well, let me step on some more toes today. <laughs> what if God was to say to us, I forgive you for the promises that you made to me, but I'll never forget when you broke them. I, 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 I'll forgive you for forgetting to pray to me like you're supposed to, but I'll, I'll never forget. I, I'll forgive you for all of the cursing that you did to other people, but I will never, ever forget I distinctly remember in Hebrews chapter 8 <laughs> that God said that not only will he forgive us of our sins, but he will remember them no more. 
And then there are those of us who say, you know what? I forgive you. And you know you lying. <laughs> Not you are lying, but you lying. <laughs> there is no forgiveness in your heart. And Jesus said in his model prayers, the disciples was asking him, how, how should we pray? Jesus after, of course, showing them, demonstrating to them to be able to honor the Father, worship the Father, he said, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Some of you remember it from the King James Version. Forgive us our day as we forgive those who have trespassed. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Whatever it is, we first have to forgive others, right? That's why he says, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So even though it's at the later half of that particular passage, it's actually saying that if we're expecting the Father to forgive us, we first have to forgive others. Some of us have not been forgiven because we have not forgiven So if we want to have true reconciliation, we're not only others, but with the Father, we have to learn how to forgive. Because in forgiveness, there is healing. In forgiveness, there is wholeness. In forgiveness, there is reconciliation. As the praise team comes, as I close this, this morning, uh, this message brought to my mind one of my favorite movies. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. How many of you have seen The Count of Monte Cristo before? Some of you, like, it was back in 2002, so I know for many of you, you're like, I wasn't even born then. I don't know, Count of Monte Cristo. What are you talking about? I'm only 20. What's rough? <laughs> the, the Count of Monte Cristo, to me, symbolizes and epitomizes, in a sense, story of Joseph. And in it, there is a young man by the name of Edmond Dantes who marries this young woman. Uh, they were poor. And in this particular movie, he was betrayed by his friend who was a nobleman, who was jealous of him and jealous uh, that he had the woman that he had. And so uh, his best friend, supposedly, who was his best friend, uh, came to him and said to him, you know, uh, uh, you know what? You know, uh, he had this hatred and bitterness and his, this envy in his heart, and he set a trap uh, for Edmond Dantes to the extent uh, that he had to be sent uh, to a faraway jail someplace in an island that he was going to just rot to death and die. And, and so then uh, his friend, Fernand, ends up marrying uh, the, the girl that, who was married to Edmond Dantes, Mercedes, and, and then... Uh, uh, later, uh, we see Edmond Dantes in jail. And he's experiencing hurt and pain and anger and frustration. He had just been betrayed by his best friend, by the person he loved the most outside of his wife. And so there was a priest there uh, next door to him. And, and the priest said, Edmond, you're going to have to let this go. No, I can't let it go. If I get out of here, I will kill Fernand. 
The priest kept saying, no, vengeance is the Lord's. You have to learn how to forgive. Fast forward, Edmund then escapes the prison. He goes to an island known as Monte Cristo. Uh, There the priest told him about a a whole treasure trove of of gold and silver that was there, and and he found it. And so now Edmund Dantes, who has escaped from jail, is now a wealthy man, probably the wealthiest man in, in this particular area. And he had it in his heart to get revenge. He had it in his heart to go after Ferdinand. He had this wonderful, masterful plan to destroy all of the people who came against him. But he couldn't fool his wife, Mercedes, who knew who he was. She came to him one day and said, Edmund, you got to let it go. You got to let this hurt and pain and this spirit of revenge go. He said, no, I can't let it go. I got to exact revenge for what they did. She said, no. I don't know why God allowed us to go 16 years without each other. But I know this is not his plan. He was like, God, 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 I keep hearing God. Why I keep hearing God? The priest said God too. I'm tired of hearing God. No, I want revenge. Let it go. And at the end of the movie, he let all of that hatred, all of that pain, all of that agony go. And he realized that the most important thing at that moment was with him, his family, and the love of his family. And at the very end, we see the scene of the scripture that the priest had engraved on the stone wall in the jail. Vengeance is mine, not yours, says the Lord. Father, we give to you our hurt, our pain, our agony, and our frustration. We pray, Lord God, that we will seek you with all of our hearts, recognizing the hurt and the pain that we have, have experienced. Recognizing, Lord, that, 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 that even in our emotions, Lord, even in our hurt and our frustration, that you have never left us and that you will be with us. Forgive us, Lord, for not forgiving others. Teach us how to forgive. Teach us how to have reconciliation with each other. We submit our lives to you. In Jesus' mighty and holy name.